Hey there, listeners. This is Kevin just coming in before this episode to let you know that because it's another week where we're not doing a brand new episode of the book Triggered by Donald Trump Jr., we have another reissue of an entirely new book that we did on the old podcast back in 2018-2019, this one called The Faith of Donald J. Trump. That's right. This is a book telling us all about how Donald J. Trump, our current president, is the perfect Christian. So in the upcoming weeks, in between weeks where we release a brand new episode, we'll be giving you chapters from this book review, starting off this week with our introduction to the book and chapters one through three. Other than that, we just wanted to stop in here and let you know that as I posted on Facebook the other day, the official position of this podcast is and always will be that black lives matter. And quite frankly, if you don't agree with that, we don't want you as a listener. So turn the show off. Now, go. Goodbye. You're listening to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club podcast, where we read them so you don't have to. Like the show? Become a patron at patreon.com forward slash nygbc. You should write a book, Fry. People need to know about the can eat more... getting this book on UFOs. Did you know they're real? But there's a huge comic conspiracy to cover it up. Oh, that's just a paranoid fantasy. I want to be a book that you can pick me up, flip through my pages, make sure nobody drew wieners in me. Final segment this week, as I mentioned, we are starting our book review of The Faith of Donald J. Trump, a spiritual biography by Scott Lamb and David Brody. I am very excited for this. Bennett, how are you feeling about it now that you uh, got your copy? Yeah, not not great. Um, <laughs> we Just to give you a few of the chapter titles, we have... Uh, oh, they're so bad. They're Mother such Mary, bad puns. Mother Mary Comes to Queens... <laughs> which i can only do in the voice of when i hear the, you know the mother yeah, mary yeah. comes to me comes. yeah i know i know Whisper uh, words yeah. of wisdom come making augsburg great again that's a good oh one. we have so hindenburg bad. with no further context yeah yeah oh, we have oh, the oh. b-i-b-l-e that's the book for me <laughs> we have the church for spock babies uh, or, have... oh, here's my favorite. Here's my favorite. Gore such a time as this. That's so <laughs> fucking bad. <laughs> we have three wings, two Corinthians, and February 1st. <laughs> we have Mr. Cyrus meets Wrecking Ball. Oh, God. Uh, we have You've Got a Friend in Me, which I feel like might just be straight up copyright infringement. <laughs> I think maybe. So anyway, this book is about, it's 30 chapters long. Uh, the chapters very are relatively short, chapters. short, very short. So, so I think we're, we're going to do like a few chapters, chapters a, an episode. Yes. Oh, yeah. cool. Yes. So this, this book is also split I, into Do you know what? I've actually missed the book reviews. I, I, I have missed them. I know. We had a lot of fun with Dinesh and I'm excited to get back to doing it. It's just there's um, so much stupidity. I just, I, there I'm, is, there is. 
And Dinesh, unfortunately, I think we... I'm taking credit for Dinesh becoming a mainstream figure of fun again because now he keeps oh, getting God. repeatedly owned online, which is pretty great. Uh, look, uh, Dinesh, Dinesh's whole game is posting out uh, YouTube videos of himself uh, talking to college students when the college students aren't allowed to respond after what Dinesh says. And then titling them, Dinesh D'Souza owns Libtard. Yeah. Right? So uh, this book, uh, I do want to say, before we get into talking about it, really. I thought he thought the Democrats were the only ones that ever owned people. Sorry, I I keep... I (laughs) know. Very good. Very good. So before we get into talking really about this book, I want to I want to go over what this book is sort of about. So according to and I've, I've skimmed it a little bit already, but according to David Lamb and Scott Brody in their foreword to the book and the introduction, uh, what they are trying to accomplish here is to discover the spiritual underpinnings of Donald Trump and his history, searching for the truth that is Jesus uh, which is supposedly part one. There's two parts. The book is. Do they think the J stands for Jesus? Is that? I think they. For them, it's Jesus, uh, and they're talking about all the gardeners that Donald Trump has had uh, over at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, so the book is split into two parts. The first part is more historical, and I'll be honest with you: the first part is sort of slow. It's sort of boring. Oh, it's sort of a slog. So but, tune in next week. <laughs> I know, but. Part two of this book. We do actually have special really guests next good. week, right? We do. We have a guest coming on. We have at least one. Uh, Mark from the How To Heretic is coming on. I don't know if Dan's coming on. I should have checked with Mark to see if Dan was coming on too. Yep. But I know we at least have Mark uh, coming on for their Let second time. Let us know, guys, if you're listening, what your plan yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, we have more guests coming on in the future. I have a few lined up so far, but if there's anybody you want us to review the book with, make sure and send us a message so I can reach out to them and see if we can schedule a time to have them on the show. Uh, you know, it's always great to have somebody else to suffer through this with us. Aaron has already said he'd come back and do a, cha- a few chapters with us um, because, you know, we can't go, what is it, six weeks without having Aaron on the show? I think there's a rule we have. Yeah. Uh, an unspoken I think that's right. rule between I think, us. Uh, no, it's in the contract. Yeah. <laughs> it's in it's in our contract as SJW Cucks. I don't know. Do you not remember signing that? Yes, yes, I remember. I remember. But the second half of this book really picks up and gets into some hardcore crazy. Uh, this whole book is scattered with really creepy Jesusy language, really creepy evangelical language, right? Which uh, the thing about evangelical language, I do want to point out, which I don't know if anybody has noticed so far, is that most of the phrases that evangelicals use could also be euphemisms for jerking off. Most oh. of them. Oh, no. Right? I coming to faith. Yeah, I, coming been, to faith. Com- that's like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yep, yep. Attending a charismatic church. Yeah, <laughs> things like that. That's a gay Speech. church. That's what that is. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm very excited to get into all that kind of stuff. But uh, why don't we start talking a little bit about the book? There's a few blurbs in the book, uh, praise for the book. But uh, uh, that are in the first and second page. Did, did you want to? Did you want to go through? Because some of the foreword is is pretty great too. Do you wanna... Some of the foreword is great, but I want to do the blurbs first. Okay. So right, we have blurbs here from, and I'm just gonna. I'll give you the names of them. Michelle Bachman, we should all know. Ralph Reed, founder of the Faith and Freedom Coalition. Doctor, and I mean doctor in heavy air quotes. Jerry A. Johnson, the president and CEO of National Religious Broadcasters, and Pastor Robert Jeffress of the First Baptist Church in Dallas. And 
If you don't know these names, uh, you should know Michelle Bachman, but I do want to say about the others. Ralph Reed uh, is probably most well-known for taking more than a million dollars in payments from Jack Abramoff in his (laughs) Indian casino lobbying scandal. Dr. Dr. Jerry A. Johnson has a Ph.D. in Christian ethics and hosts a radio show, a, a syndicated radio show. And the best of all, the best, the last blurb they have is Pastor Robert Jeffress of the First Baptist Church, who you may be familiar with for giving the invocation at the Jerusalem Embassy Open. Oh, it's that guy. It's that guy. The guy who hates the Jews. It's the guy who said, you can't be saved by being a Jew. Yes, that's who they got to get a blurb for this book. The guy who also said that even if the Stormy Daniels affair was proven true, it wouldn't matter to evangelicals. And also in the past, of course, said that Obama, although he wasn't the Antichrist, was part of paving the way for the Antichrist. Very cool. So that's the type of people they get for this book. So... I do want to also talk a little bit about the authors of this book, uh, David Brody and Scott Lamb. Now, David Brody is a, and he writes in here, of course, Emmy-winning journalist. And I went to look for that Emmy. What did he win an Emmy for? I went to look for the Emmy. I went to look for the Emmy. I couldn't find it on the Emmy Awards site because it's a regional Emmy. Oh, of course, okay. they never okay, they never okay, tell okay. you that when it's a regional Emmy. They just uh, it look it says Emmy on it. It says Emmy. Look at the trophy. It says Emmy. Uh, he won a regional Emmy as part of the team for the KR something something news crew in uh, Colorado. I don't remember where exactly I had it, but I forgot to write it down. Um, and Scott Lamb, he's an evangelical of some form. Well, they're both evangelicals. Of course, they're both evangelicals. Yeah. Right. No, but Which I think why... he's like an actual. Like he. Yeah. He... No, no. So David Brody did his dedication to his wife. Uh, Scott did it to Jesus. So. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that, that's your. Uh, that's your. <laughs> well, David Brody is a correspondent for CBN, the Christian Broadcasting Network, oh, and Scott Lamb is the president of Reformation Press and the executive director of the Presbyterian Lay Committee in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, which I guess I, I have no idea how that gives him any sort of credibility to be doing this. I have no idea. So uh, in the introduction to this book, David Brody and Scott Lamb give their stories, uh, and that's where we get this great line about David, where David says, well, David actually grew up in a Jewish household in Manhattan, mm-hmm. uh, and David began coming to faith in Christ in college, which is such a creepy per- It's so creepy. Yeah. It's such a weird way to say that. Yeah, it, coming to faith in Christ, yeah. Right? That's like, so, <laughs> sounds like you were having sexual relations and suddenly had a realization. Oh, well, anyway, in, so... In Christ. That was funnier than sighing like that. That was a funny joke. <laughs> there you go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, so in this introduction, we, I just, I want to go through the introduction uh, this week. It's only a few pages, but let's just go through this and uh, see what we can learn about it. Uh, the introduction starts off with David Brody talking about the Hold first on, time he Hold on, you haven't done the blurbs. Michelle Bachman's blurb does not mention <laughs> Scott Lamb at all. She's very complimentary about David Brody, but there is not a mention of Scott Lamb. So that's well, fun. and the reason for that, I think, is that I think David Brody did most of the work 
And Scott Lamb uh, is just sort of an evangelical because because we get in there and I looked it up and I did a little other research on these guys. And basically, David Brody did all of the reporting and Scott Lamb contributed knowledge about American evangelicals. OK, that's see, what he contributed. OK, OK. All right. Let's right. get, in, let's get right. into it then. Let's get into it. So the introduction to this book, we start off with uh, a little story from David Brody about the first time he met Donald Trump, and that was apparently in 2011 when he showed up to interview him at Trump Tower in New York City mm-hmm. uh, with his Christian Broadcasting Network crew. And Have you, he have says, you skipped over the Trump Bible verses provided by Eric Metaxas, by the way? Well, that's in the foreword, yes. yes so, oh, that's in the okay. foreword. If you want the to do forward, the foreword... The foreword beca- comes before the introduction, so I thought you'd just mm-hmm. skipped over it. Let, let's just Fine. read some of these Trump Bible verses. We have, in the beginning there was the word, and the word was terrific. It was huge. Which is a good one. <laughs> Hashtag Trump Bible. Uh-huh. We also have, Nathan said to David, you are the man. And David said, no, you are the man. And they high-fived each other. It was fabulous. Hashtag Trump Bible. I'm not really sure how that's relevant to Trump. Uh, well, but the, we- no, this, forward, this forward is written by a guy named Eric Metaxas. I don't know who he is. But the, he even says in the beginning of this forward, when David Brody told me he was writing a book titled The Faith of Donald J. Trump, I was tempted to laugh. Yeah, that's the and when I'm reading, that's my feeling through this whole fucking book. Yeah. Um, So we also have among whom was Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of Jesus and the mother of James and John. Three classy ladies. Tremendous class. Hashtag Trump Bible. I would actually like to rewrite that one and go with among whom was Mary Magdalene. And I moved on her like a bitch. When you're famous, (laughs) they just let you do it. Hashtag Trump Bible. <laughs> Your version is much better. Your version is Thank much you. better. I just but I don't that think they wanted what... <laughs> to remind their readers of no, that particular no, incident. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. So uh, into the introduction, where we we just stepped aside from for a moment. Uh, I just I loved this one sentence here, which says, "Looking back, the process for getting that interview turned out to be simple." I sent an email to Michael Cohen, his lawyer and part time <laughs> public relations team. This is aged which, poorly already, this introduction. It's aged very poorly. Very, very poorly. But uh, he's talking about in here that first interview with Donald Trump. And he says we had a wide ranging wide ranging interview with that was vintage Trump as he attacked China, trade imbalance, blah, blah, blah. But this is the part where to me, this stuck out because this is David Brody, and I think we're going to probably see a lot of this throughout the book, just either, I don't know if this is making something up or if this is ignoring exactly what he just wrote, where he says, quote, but it was something Trump, th- Trump said about church attendance that caught me off guard. This is the quote from Trump, quote, I go as much as I can, always on Christmas, always on Easter, always when there's a major occasion, and during Sundays. I'm a Sunday church person. I'll go when I can. What does that mean? Well, but here's what here's what David Brody says about that. He says, the answer provided a valuable piece of information about Donald Trump. He was never going to pretend to be something he's not. Even talking to the Christian Broadcasting Network, he wouldn't pretend to be a born-again altered boy who had seen the light. Which I want to say... Donald Trump just claimed he went to church on Sundays. Yeah, no way. Which he fucking doesn't. No, he doesn't. Obama did. Obama (laughs) went to church on Sundays all the time. 
But no, I just, I look at that and I go, that David Brody is writing, Donald Trump is not pretending to be something he's not. In other words, a church-going Christian, which is exactly what he said two sentences ago, which David Brody should know is total bullshit because Donald Trump doesn't go to fucking church. Yep, that's true. Jesus we- Christ. <sighs> Anyways, uh, we get a little bit in this introduction of the stories of David and Scott. Uh, David started working for the Christian Broadcasting Network in 2003, uh, which, of course, is the network started by Pat Robertson in 1961. And Scott Lamb said he professed his faith in Christ as a kindergartner That's uh, and was baptized by his That is way too dad. early to be professing anything other exactly. than that you're tired and need yeah. to nap. Yeah. That's what I was yeah. professing when I was in kindergarten. <laughs> and we get a little bit of insight uh, into their view of Donald Trump here in the introduction, uh, where they say, quote, Trump is most certainly not a secularist, someone who lives his life apart from religious belief and practice. And one of the things I wanted to talk about a little bit today when we're doing the introduction to this book is whether we buy that line of bullshit or not. And you no, can guess, by the way, I phrased that. Not. Absolutely <laughs> the fuck not. No. Right. And, and I, I, I am with uh, Penn Jillette, who was on the Celebrity Apprentice multiple times and thinks that Donald Trump is probably an atheist. Right. He doesn't know 100 percent, but thinks that he probably is. This is someone yeah. who never talks about religion unless he's talking to religious people to a religious or he's crowd, at one of his yeah. fucking rallies. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that's probably true. Donald Trump is someone who's so caught up in his in himself. He probably isn't like, a you know, he's not a firebrand atheist like we are, no. but he's someone who never really thought about it enough. Yeah. Never really affected his life because it didn't have to. Yeah. Just doesn't care. He just doesn't care. Um, so moving on a little bit in this introduction, uh, they talk, there's just one thing I wanted to bring up where they slam, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of this hatred between different Christian groups in the United States and the evangelicals really think they're better than everybody they're else. They're also blaming themselves in here for not being Christian enough to teach him the words of the Bible. That's one of the things <laughs> they're like, well, if no, 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 words from the Bible, that's probably our fault for not teaching him in time. Like. No, no, no. That's so that they're not blaming themselves. They're no, blaming the Presbyterians. Presbyterians. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. And David Lamb and Scott Brody are not Presbyterians. Okay. They're I don't not. Know. I don't so know they the write, quote, he was born into the mainline church that suffered the loss of two things during the twentieth century to biblical theology and the vast majority of its membership. So they're slamming prod- or, uh, Presbyterians there, saying that oh, they're not teaching the real Bible and real Christianity anymore. Yeah, I mean, uh, they, they also blame themselves, which is very Catholic of them, actually. Eh, they should have a well, word with themselves about maybe, that. Maybe, maybe. But uh, the last thing that they bring up in this introduction that I wanted to talk about was uh, them being them having the wool pulled over their eyes, I'm pretty sure, uh, where they write, quote, One major theme of part two of this book will be that Donald Trump seems to be on a spiritual voyage that has descended, that has accelerated greatly in the past few years as he has regularly interacted with evangelicals. That was the consensus of a great number of Christians who we interviewed. And, and what, I th- what I read from that is any Christian, I, I honestly believe that, any Christian who talks to somebody and they try to proselytize through them, I'm pretty sure that person comes away thinking, well, I just helped them along their path to faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah, probably. That's what I just did. 
Probably I have random. had conversation. I have slammed the door in the faces of people who've come to my fucking front door on a Sunday morning trying to proselytize me, and I'm pretty sure they walked away from that door thinking, we just helped him on the path towards Jesus Christ because the first thing we said when we got to the door was, I hope you're having a blessed day, and I hope that Jesus shines his light on you. It's <laughs> a pretty good impression. You've never done this? Uh, no, I've never done it myself, but I've been woken it up enough at fucking 8 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday after a hard night of drinking enough. That's true. So they, they also say, when you're in the process of writing a book, your friends email you questions about the subject. One of the most often asked questions went something like this. Is Trump a Christian? Uh, is he headed for heaven, etc.? Okay, so just up front, we're not answering that question. <laughs> <laughs> we both have an opinion on that they, subject. And both they of our wrote a book have, called have The Faith of Donald J. Trump, and yeah. they're not going to answer the question well, of whether he's a Christian. I mean, to be fair, what they say is we'll let the voices speak for themselves. We do have an opinion, oh, but God. we're not going to push it on you, which is very mm-hmm. unevangelical of them. Uh, the, the one thing you left out from that quote you read, which is the creepiest one, is... Is his name written in the Lamb's Book of Life? Yeah, that's weird. I didn't know Which if that was about Scott taste. Lamb or just like... I like... <laughs> Scott Lamb has a book he keeps by his bedside. Listen, he could be a serial life. killer and those are the people that he's not going to kill. You uh, never the, know. That is a taste. That is a taste of the type of creepy language we get throughout this book that I think is like coded evangelical stuff that they all get, but for the is rest of us, it's just like, in religion, The Lamb's Book of Life? Is that who's going to survive the rapture? I've never heard that before. That I, a... I, I was brought up Catholic, man. I never heard that before in my life. That's a lot. I don't know. But anyway, I am really excited for this book. I hope I'm the rest actually, of you are I'm too. quite excited now. I'm quite excited. We're going to get into it next week, the first three chapters next week. Uh, at some point, we're going to do some chapters just for patrons, uh, because if you want it all, you have to give us money. That's true, uh, like the church. <laughs> yes, we're, go- we're going off the fucking evangelical scheme here. Um, uh-huh. Anyways, uh, that is the end of this week's show. I think we can leave it right there, right? Yep. And in the final segment this week, we start with our review of the fantastic, and I'm stretching fantastic there, book, yeah. The Faith of Donald J. Trump, <laughs> a spiritual biography. And as you can hear, we are joined by a very special guest this week. You can Uncle- probably tell who it is already. <laughs> Uncle Mark from the How To Heretic podcast. Uncle Mark, fellas, thanks for coming on with us. Fellas, oh my God, I hate you so much. This is... <laughs> This this has changed my life for the worse, and, <laughs> and things were going pretty badly as it is. Wow! You can't Where unread does this rank it? with all the all the god awful movies you've watched? Well, Where, how how bad is this? Uh, you know, it's re- so. Here's the funny thing: I can I can watch those terrible movies because you you don't always have to focus entirely. But here's my problem: is the fucking current national nightmare we are sustaining has gotten me to the point where I cannot read beyond 280 characters, right? Like, <laughs> so reading, I can't even read. If somebody uses all 280 characters, I'm like, oh, what is this, Dostoevsky? Fuck you. What's happening? <laughs> so the fact that I had to read 30 pages of print dreck, oh, my God. Oh. Yeah. That's the thing. Reading feels like it should be an intellectual activity, and then this happens. It no. hurt. No, it, this right? is it like physically hurt. <laughs> <laughs> this this is like if you like biographies but you hate all that fact checking and actual stuff 
then you'll love this book, right? Yeah. This is if I could just take the book and hit myself in the dick with it, it would have hurt less. <laughs> it's hard to say that something could be worse than Dinesh, but my problem with this book is they're not even fucking trying, right? Where Dinesh would twist facts, they're just avoiding them entirely. Yeah, that's the thing. There's not like a point as far as I can tell, at least in the first three chapters. Yeah. It's just like, oh, well, Donald Trump's from a family. <laughs> <laughs> I have never, I have never, ever read a biography that so assiduously avoided the subject of the biography. Like, yeah, also Martin Luther. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, this is, a bio, this is a children's book about Martin Luther. <laughs> That's basically it. Yes, yes, right. Supposedly about Donald Trump, but we get more about Martin fucking Luther than we do about Donald Trump in these first three chapters. That's true. Yeah. All right. Let's do chapter one. All right, I'm ready. so I'm why don't we dive into this pile of shit, starting with chapter one. Chapter one is titled Luck and Pluck. Uh, and my alternative chapter title for this one, which you'll get later, is The Little Pimp Who Could. <laughs> totally. Mine, it's like luck and like Seriously, are you... This guy is inviting every kind of parody attack. It's like luck and pluck. Suck and fuck. Pass the buck. Just He makes it so easy. It's so easy. I also went with the rhyming ones and went for down on his luck and dead as a duck to, distra- <laughs> to describe nice. uh, nice. Trump's grandfather. I also had uh, how how other people having some medium success in life makes Donald Trump a god, so shut up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we start off this chapter with a description of Donald Trump standing at the Quicken Loans Arena in Cleveland with 30 mi- 35 million people watching live on tv and they never bother to mention that they're talking about the rnc speech i just no, that annoyed some, me a little bit why why would they leave that out because that was like a moment of triumph for him um mm-hmm. but also i yeah. i love these the first page of this book you are setting the scene of a garbage human being standing on a stage at the quicken loans arena <laughs> <laughs> an arena named for funny. a payday loan company that fucks poor people to death good, and a good guy start. who couldn't get a loan from quick and he had to go to fucking russian <laughs> banks yeah also the it, like when you think about it the funniest place for the rnc to be held which i hadn't thought about until just now right garbage it's just uh, yeah. What, yeah there are so many unforced errors and we're one sentence in <laughs> so this chapter this first chapter is primarily about donald trump's family so we start off in this first his chapter granddad. it's about his, his granddad yes, mainly talking about his grandfather frederick trump but also jerry falwell for no yes, reason yes. really yeah. apart from the fact that he once gave a speech at liberty university and, and, and jerry falwell is like an evangelicals wet dream person and remember his grandfather is a pimp we'll get to it mm-hmm. oh yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that's straight up pimp. where you get my alternate chapter title from I was going to say, then we jump right into the daddy issues, right? Oh, yeah. We, yeah. we jump right Imme- into immediately. Donald Trump's soul-crushing, you know, man crush on his late father, Fred. He was the smartest and the hardest working man I ever knew. I sometimes wonder what he'd say if he was here tonight to see that, like, how do you sometimes wonder? You, you know what he would say? This isn't good enough and I'm ashamed of you. That's what he would say. Or go buy me a pack of smokes, dumbass, is what he'd say, right? <laughs> After he was done ignoring you. But yeah, but there is the construction of that sentence. I off, I sometimes wonder what he'd say if he was here to see this tonight. How, how often do you sometimes wonder about a thing that's happening once? 
I don't know. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Fucking disaster. First paragraph. (laughs) If he'd seen me be successful ever, then uh, maybe he would have been proud of me and I wouldn't cry myself to sleep every night. He died not remembering your name. We remember... (laughs) We remember Fred had to loan Donald millions of dollars to keep him out of bankruptcy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very bad. But then we pretty quickly get into the religious stuff, which is... Oh, yeah. It's is just a weird way of doing it. So we get we have a Jerry Falwell Sr. Uh, so I think we have some things to say about Jerry Falwell Sr. probably, right, as a group. Well, what they do here, in, still on this first page, is try and compare Trump to Jerry Falwell. Because, of course, Jerry Falwell is someone these idiots adore. And you may recall that Jerry Falwell, of course, said that 9-11 was God's judgment for America's sinful behavior. Mm-hmm. Said, quote, you've got to like the Jews because they can make more money in 10 minutes than you can in a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Well, said, to be fair, that fits in with Donald Trump's ethos of well, I want the Jews <laughs> counting my money. Right. So, you know, there's a link to be made there. Falwell, of course, also claimed that AIDS is punishment for homosexuals. And mm-hmm. yep. said that the Teletubby Tinky Winky was gay. I, he's probably not wrong there. Like that's probably <laughs> right. Actually, like I mean, you got to give him some credit. You guys are so old-fashioned. Tinky Winky is non-binary. It's a fucking spectrum. Exactly. Right? Non-binary I mean, pansexual. Possibly. It's it's a spectrum. <laughs> and yeah, this is probably the most uh, rational comparison between two between Donald Trump and anyone else in these first three chapters. Yeah, Falwell was a gigantic asshole and a racist, so yes. <laughs> yeah, and so yeah. is Trump. So there a we guy go. who it. started We've his school them. originally as a fucking whites-only school. That's what his school originally was. Right. And, it, and like, the, the interracial dating thing at Liberty University ch- changed, like... Uh, Just like, like 10 or 15 lunch- years ago. Yeah, I mean, I, I have I have food in my fridge that is <laughs> less older. recently than the Mormons. Yeah. Yeah. The Mormons accepted it, right? So that's that's a bad sign. Yeah, that's getting close <laughs> when to the home, Mormons man. are more progressive than you, you have a fucking problem. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's this thing about the 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 spirit of the fifth commandment. Where, <laughs> yeah, that's very weird. Where he's honoring his father by speaking about he's a smart guy. He was good. Gave me money, and it's, it's like. The mental gymnastics that this author required to reverse engineer a scenario by which Donald J. Trump indirectly <laughs> obeys the spirit of one of the commandments. It, it's like he had to, he pulled a fucking hamstring writing that sentence. Oh, it's worse than that because that's, what he's arguing is thy that mother and thy father is it? Yeah, or is well, yeah, yeah. Fifth? yeah. What he's arguing is that Donald Trump honored his father by being rich and successful. Right. That's what he's arguing. Right. <laughs> By having the same surname, I guess. Maybe? I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but of course, yeah. we yeah, know. And then we know that the reason Wait, Donald sorry, Trump hold is up, hold up, mm-hmm. hold up. This Protestant worker. Thing yeah, I that's what I was about to get to. Okay, yes. go ahead. Go ahead. We, go we know ahead. the reason that Donald Trump is rich and successful is because of the Protestant work ethic. And yeah, and the, and the miraculous mix of Lutheran and Calvinist that somehow emanates through his veins. Yeah, white white people. <laughs> Is there no virtue they can't inherit genetically? No. They are quite delightsome. They are quite delightsome. Very delightsome. Uh, but he, he has this quote where he says, quote, Scholars debate where the influential source of the Protestant work ethic originates. 
followed by a discussion of which particular Christian cult it comes from. And just so you all know, it came from the minorities they enslaved and stole land from. That's where the Protestant work ethic came from. That, that, yeah, I mean, that, that and just being super hungry because they had no money. Right, that, it, both those things. So <laughs> poor, poor, poor immigrants from anywhere in the world, Protestant or not, want food, they work, they get food. That's the deal. Mm-hmm. Right. But yes, also yeah, I notice they don't talk about the Islamic work ethic <laughs> when people are working, when immigrants are working 10 jobs or whatever it is to try and support their families. Those f- that's not the by thing. the way, the Islamic work ethic, those fuckers are metal. They work during <laughs> Ramadan. They work yeah. when you can't eat yeah, or drink water. During the day. Yeah, so the, yeah, the water is the big thing. Like, imagine, work, like, I would have such a headache, it would be terrible. Oh, I, it, I have to ben. go lie down. Poor if Benedict in your air-conditioned office job. If I don't get hey. lunch by 2 o'clock, everybody starts looking like a like a turkey leg to me. So, <laughs> yeah, fucking Protestant work ethic. Go, go fucking do it during Ramadan, asshole. Uh, yeah, exactly. So... <laughs> So we move on in this chapter, and uh, he's, he's also, really getting Also, this to... is the weirdest fucking way to phrase this. And his father came to America while in the womb of Donald's <laughs> grandmother. Like, what? Yes. So here's my thing. She was like a drug mule, right? She smuggled. She was like a drug mule. She shoved him up? Or like what? She booty bumped It was him. illegal immigration. <laughs> yeah, she booty bumped him. She shoved him up her ass. Yeah. And, yeah. But, oh, God. Yeah, she was... <laughs> She was like a drug mule for racist anchor babies. So already (laughs) the story this book is trying to tell is already in fucking tatters. Oh, and there's so many moments in this book where they get really close to a realization, right? Where they talk about how immigration helped the Trumps get to America and become what they are today. Or how they talk about how boots, eventually we'll get to it, they talk about bootstrapping not being Mm. really useful as far as Jesus goes. Uh, but it, you know, it's just so many close but no potato moments. Because that's not what Paul said. <laughs> anyway, so Frederick Trump, Donald yes. Trump's grandfather, moves to Little Germany. Uh, and then for the next decade, he goes around. Uh, he goes out to Seattle where he builds hotels and lets people spend time in his, and I'm quoting here so that they don't have to say it, rooms for ladies. <laughs> and then they move the fuck on. They move the fuck. Do they explain rooms for ladies? No, they leave nope. them hanging there. They leave it hanging there, like a, a sailor with with a problem. He was a fucking pimp. He, yeah, yeah, he was absolutely. A pimp. And, and I'm not, sh- no shame, but I think that's something that conservatives normally get really mad about. Do you remember <laughs> oh, Barack really? Obama's? Did you see Barack who they nominated Obama's... in Nevada? <laughs> who got nominated in Nevada? Right. They nominated <laughs> fucking uh, Hoffer, whatever his Strip name club is. Club owner who is a who is a pimp essentially. Yeah, the oh, fuck, no, the the guy who owns that famous brothel. I can't remember the, the Mustang Ranch. ranch. Oh, yeah, oh. no, they nominated him to run for either House or Senate or something. Guys, it's that. Have you ever been to Nevada? It's like <laughs> <laughs> there's not much else to do. Yeah, yeah it's all true. it's honest work. It's true. But, but you know, okay. So his grandfather, two things. His grandfather was a pimp. And I seem to remember that Barack Obama's father that he met one time was being, you know, his being a slightly left-leaning economist in Africa was totally disqualifying for Obama yeah. to ever. Oh, he was a communist. He was a communist, and his grandfather, his father, participated in the in the uh, in the Kenyan rebellion against the British Empire, and that's why he hated the British. Right, and something. so as 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 Newt Gingrich said, he inherited his anti-colonial. Uh, hatred, which I didn't know we That's were right. pro-colonial, but Boris Johnson, Boris Johnson also said that. Oh, 
What happened to Boris yeah, Johnson? Bojo. What's he doing these days? <laughs> yeah, he was foreign secretary until very recently. Yeah, for for then he had then he had minute. to resign. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. he'll land on his feet. But then the other he, thing, he'll be okay. He's he's in talks with Steve Bannon now, so that's good. Oh, that's gonna be great. Um, but then the yeah. other thing about Trump's <laughs> grandfather Frederick is he was a barber by training. So mm-hmm. h- how is it possible if you can if the argument in this book is you inherit philosophical and professional traits genetically. How the fuck mm-hmm. was there a barber in the Trump family? Well, Somebody you kn- see, hold on, hold on, hold on, Mark. What you're not getting, Trump's grandfather sculpted men's beard and sculpting <laughs> is working with stone and stone mm. can be made into buildings. So they, I mean, there's, there, there's a clear logical succession there that I just, I, I can see how you missed it, but you know. You they, just they, they, blew my colon. <laughs> <laughs> incredible one one last thing well thank you thank you one last thing i want to say on this chapter is uh clearly one thing that is inherited is draft dodging (laughs) (laughs) an unforced error why does he bring it up Yeah, because so we the, get the Bavarian authorities <laughs> accused Trump's grandfather of intentionally skipping out of the mandatory years of service in the German army of Kaiser Wilhelm II. He didn't use bone spurs as an excuse. Apparently, uh, he filed no, he papers, fled the country. No avail, he fled the country, away, which I think would have all, all, as we all agree, would have been a better solution to whatever Trump Trump could have done. Yeah, um, yes, because what Joe was. They talk about how Fred, Donald, Frederick, Donald Trump's uh, grandfather, moved to New York City, met his wife, went back to Germany, uh, came back to the Christ, U.S. Because, of course, yes. her name was Christ. Elizabeth fucking Christ. It was Elizabeth fucking yeah. Christ yeah. was her name. <laughs> Elizabeth fucking Christ. Yeah. I see a sitcom. I see a sitcom in the works there. Elizabeth Christ. <laughs> so then Fred died. And then Fred. And that was Fre- sad. Well, Frederick died. Frederick died. Friedrich. Fried- Frodrick. It's Frodrick. It's, it's, it's just Friedrich. Sehr gut. I don't know. But in the original German, this book would have been better in Sounds the original like German the, anyway. Uh, yes. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so, yeah, in the um, end of this this beginning chapter, we get the story, of course, of the death of Friedrich Trump, uh, who widowed Elizabeth and three children. Frodo Trump. <laughs> Fro- that'd be good. Uh, and, uh, of course, after Friedrich died, I'm just going to call him that from now on. Uh, Donald Trump and or Frederick Trump and her his mother Elizabeth started the E Trump and Son Company uh, because apparently Fred Donald Trump's father was not old enough to file the paperwork and do all that at the time so uh, he started the company under his mother's name so that he could do it yeah with vast help from the Federal Housing Authority by the way yes and presumably some of that New Deal money that mm-hmm. now now everyone's very against in the Republican Party. <laughs> And I don't know, right? I don't know how much people know about <clears throat> Fred Trump Sr. Not Frederick, but Fred, the sire of this fucking piece of hell. But he <laughs> was a slumlord who built substandard mm-hmm. garbage housing, and they admitted in this book that he took FHA money, Federal Housing Authority, government money, to build his shitty tenements, and then he and Donald would discriminate against black taxpayers who were actually yeah, funding they got that sued business. For it. Yeah, they were yeah. To- yeah. they they built garbage houses and when working class black people tried to move into them, they came up with a policy and a code to stop that from happening. And they got sued for yeah. it and I think they lost. 
They did lose, yeah. yeah. They did. Yeah. They had to settle. And uh, I believe, and I don't remember, I don't remember <laughs> in, what the outcome of it was. another great Trump tradition, having to settle in court. <laughs> I don't remember what the outcome of it was, but Fred also was investigated by Congress for war profiteering involved with homes he built using uh, government money. So that's another fun Fred Trump story. <laughs> of course he was. Yeah, why, yes. why wouldn't he be? Of course so, he was. So moving on to chapter two. Uh, which is titled Making Augsburg Great Again, uh, which my alternate chapter title is Jingling Keys to Martin Luther's Cathedral. <laughs> mine was, uh, mine was my alternate title was, oh, I'm reading the wrong book. This one is a children's book about <laughs> Martin Luther. How did you guys send me the wrong book? <laughs> right? They mine is, uh, <laughs> sorry, carry on, Mark. I was going to say they shifted gears without the clutch from one to two. I, I was just... <laughs> Jarred Look, you don't want to wear out your clutch. You just slip. You just slip. Yeah. Well, you don't do it from one to two because you get a jerk. But you do it from like two to three and onwards. But you know, you just slip it in because it's a lot easier that way. I sometimes I'm too lazy to put my foot on the clutch. Don't judge me. I drive a manual. Go fuck yourself. Slipping it in. Judge the alternate. Ch- <laughs> my, title. my alternate <laughs> chapter title is few of the people in this chapter have any good qualities and donald trump shares none of them (laughs) but mark i love your point out about it being a children's book about martin luther because they gloss over the horrible horrible anti-semitism of martin luther in this in this subsection here this chapter no he literally wrote a book called on the jews and their lies and pushed for genocide of the jews that was martin fucking luther that's the german legacy of martin luther they talk a lot about the legacy of martin luther on germany and that's a fucking part of it right there you know what it's a pretty guys it's a pretty good book i think you should give it a read that's um, (laughs) then he makes some good points he makes some good points (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe that'll be the next book we review on the Jews and their lies. Uh, but anyway, this book, this uh, this chapter, this chapter starts off uh, talk and, and what they're going to do in this chapter. And I, I'll say this up front so the listeners know what's going on as we switch back and forth through this chapter is they start talking about Fred and Donald and then they switch over to talking about Martin Luther. In ways that have nothing to do with what the fuck they yeah, were talking they're, about. because they're Fred trying to explain what Lutheranism is and how that mm-hmm. leads to Donald Trump. Um, and I don't think that's the logical conclusion you want to take of like Lutheranism, Lutheranism leads this way. Because then everyone will be like, no, we don't want Lutheranism. Yeah, in right. this chapter, they, they present zero evidence whatsoever of Fred or Donald giving half a shit about Christianity. But they keep cutting in paragraphs about Martin Luther and work ethic, apparently to show, I, I guess, some sort, because their idea of the Protestant work ethic means that you're religious. I guess if you have work ethic, you're religious, according to them. So they try and cut back and forth and hope you don't realize that they're not actually giving any evidence of Fred or Donald caring about religion. The word you're looking for is white. <laughs> and, Sorry, and again, the white the, work, yeah, work ethic. There is this bizarre attempt, and, and you know, we'll talk about this uh, several more times, I think, but there is this strange attempt to write a biography about someone by writing a biography about someone else and then conflating mm-hmm. their stories. I call it biografting. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> that is a perfect term for this. That's good. Absolutely yeah, perfect. I, I mean, the, the thrust of this chapter is, appears to be they're both kind of German. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, that, that's it. That, as far as I can tell. Yeah. yeah. I mean, one definitely has German sympathies. You could say that. Uh, 
Yeah. So true. we start so off. We we get this story about. Hold on one sec. Then we mm-hmm. get this story about uh, Luther, and then this weird meeting at, at Jacob F- Jacob Fugger's house. Uh-huh. And then ju- I just want to point out that this is a really weird definition of the modern era. They call him <laughs> the third richest man in the modern era. I'm yes. pretty sure like the 15th century is not the modern era. I don't know how you're, <laughs> you're defining that. That blew me weird. away. I'm like, wait a minute. There's he's the third richest man of the modern era. Air quotes behind Carnegie and Rockefeller. <laughs> so they're saying the modern both, era both started mo- in yeah. the early 1500s. <laughs> yeah. Very weird. I mean, I guess for them, everything after the, the common era is, is the modern era, I suppose. After the flood. But even then, Mansa, Mansa Musa is, is the richest man ever, supposedly. Well, the, I, just, I took um, the time to look this guy up, and according to the Wikipedia page, because that's as far as I was willing to put in effort, uh, he <laughs> is indeed, if you took his wealth and uh, calculated it for modern wealth, would be up there with one of the as one of the richest people of all time. Uh, but the whole reason yeah. they bring this guy up is because they're talking about Martin Luther and his conflicts mm-hmm. with the Catholic Church because they had to fit in some Catholic bashing in this book. Um, right. Oh, I thought they did it because he's like an early Trump. No. He wrote his own epitaph. No, 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 Second no, no. to none in the a- acquisition of extraordinary wealth and liberality and purity of life and in the greatness <laughs> of soul, as he was comparable to none in life, so after death is not to be numbered among the mortal. Oh, See, that I was... mean, you just have to slip it. <laughs> That there was spooky. Go. That was really spooky. And actually, I got a chill when you what changed your voice. But there you I, go. It's I it. totally agree, Benedict. I thought when I was reading it, I'm like, wait a minute. They fucking they scored an own goal again because they were trying. To, oh, fuck it. They were trying to compare Trump to Martin Luther, but they ended up completely <laughs> by another name associating him with this fucker guy. Right? This, this motherfucker. This mother yeah, I got it first. I did it first. <laughs> no, you didn't. You didn't. I said it first. Yeah, oh, I'm going to cut the tape so that it sounds like I did it first. <laughs> he was a, an ostentatious dick that was a self-dealer and a bragger. Who and Martin boastful. Luther hates it. Who he hated. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, good. Now I get it. Now I get what's happening. That's not what they were trying to do. They no. fucked it up. No. They were trying yeah. to show Fugger as the bad guy, and Martin Luther, of course, is their good guy because they're right. Protestants, and they, th- they think Catholics are not really Christians, uh, which as right. somebody who grew up as a Catholic, that was always something that annoyed me and still annoys mm. me a little bit today because I'm like, if you believe that Jesus Christ was your Messiah, you're a Christian, and the right. Catholics believe that. Listen, listen, yeah, that's what St. Paul says, solo Christo. Oh, God. Right. Uh, uh, not I, not solo bootstrapsio. I, I grew up Mormon, and the official name of the Mormon church is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And fuck all that, I don't care. But it was the same thing Mormons sustained, which is, well, you're not really Christians. And so as an atheist, post-Mormon, yada, 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 here is, here is my official genetic test for if a person is a Christian or not. One of you guys asked me if I'm a Christian. Are you a Christian? Yes, Test concluded. That's the entirety, <laughs> the entirety of the fucking syllabus. That's it. Right, but they want to play. They want to play a game of true Scotsman, right? These these totally. fucking evangelicals always want to exclude anybody who doesn't. Ah, believe well, exactly funny like enough. Did you know Donald Trump is actually a Scotsman? <laughs> oh, we're sense. going so, to get to that. So he is a true Scotsman. So but we're going so to get to the Highlander reference soon enough. <laughs> so bad. Back, okay. Back to the book. Uh, he's talking about Martin Luther and 
the, like we said with this this whole reason for all this Martin Luther talk is to talk about what Martin Luther thought about blue collar work or hard work or whatever the situation may be. And they put in this passage where they talk about it wasn't that Martin Luther was opposed to a person being rich, but he thought the better way to accumulate wealth was through craftsmanship and agriculture, not lending money at interest and the other mechanisms of banking and not finance. Not being a Jew. Jew. Yes! Which I wanted to point out is part of the anti-fucking-Semitism. Yeah. Do you think yeah, the little exactly. paper clip in his word program came up and said, it looks like you're trying to write the word Jew? <laughs> Oh, totally. I definitely. I hope that happened. Yeah, I believe that. I believe Somebody that. reprogram Microsoft Word so that the paperclip does that from now on. Whenever can we, can we talk about the weird quotes from the Bible about how you, if you're lazy, you should starve, because that's that's a weird thing that happened. Yep, fucking die. That's why it was that <laughs> inserted in there. So, yep. so we have we have. Well, well, no, uh, no, hold on. Before we get to that, before we get to that, I do want to cut in go. because there is something on the page before that that uh, I wanted oh, okay, to mention. Go for it. Go for it. Sorry. This Which is, is the problem with me not having my notes in the script. Again, we're cutting back between Martin Luther and Fred Trump primarily, but he does bring up Donald. Uh, and talking about Fred Trump, the author says, quote, Fred wanted to build buildings, literally build them, not just finance the construction crews and then show up to cut a ribbon on opening day. So in other words, Fred Trump did not want to be what his son Donald has become. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and there's a, po- a point later in the chapter where it's like Trump... Fred Trump didn't want his name on any buildings, but he wanted to build them. <laughs> yeah. And that is literally the opposite of what Donald Trump wants. Yeah. He wants Which, his name on everything. And he doesn't to want to do build none it. none of the work. And yeah, also, yeah, exactly. Also, that's saying Fred Trump became what he didn't want to be. If you want to be a fucking yeah. carpenter or a bricklayer, great. It's honest work. It's There's great carpenters, great bricklayers. You do that. But for some reason, he was prevented from doing the thing he wanted. I'm, I'm baffled. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm baffled. <laughs> and then there is there is a claim by this these two authors, and I don't know which one. It took two people to write this book, apparently. Um, <clears throat> it took two people to make this this bad. Where he where they say uh, that it is an undisputed fact that all Trumps living oh. and dead are hard workers. Yes. God. No, I'm disputing that fact. Fucking Do- Donald cannot focus on a single page national security brief. If half of the page are cartoons, this these are he not, can't go more than a week without taking a golf weekend. Yeah, the, yeah. I mean that's hard work. Have you ever walked a golf course? Come on. <laughs> I grew up on a golf course. I can see oh, a well, golf course out my window right rich, now. Kevin. I'm sorry, some of us weren't born rich. <laughs> Check your privilege. Oh, asshole. don't you talk, Benedict. Don't you talk about that. <laughs> Sorry, just because I sound rich. Doesn't <laughs> Do you know how hard it is to be taken in a helicopter to a 747 <laughs> with mm-hmm. a private bedroom in it to fly mm-hmm. to a golf course you own to it's drive exhausting. around in an electric car? It's exhausting. It's... Travel is exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they're talking about. It's the travel. The travel which, so is can we talk about being lazy? Yes. So we have, we have these three quotes, which I feel like a... Uh, a, a cherry picked somewhat, even for the Bible. So we have from Proverbs ten four. We have lazy hands make for pos- poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. All ha- from Proverbs fourteen twenty three. We have all hard work brings a profit. That's not fucking true. People are starving in the streets. Yeah. But mere talk leads only to poverty. Okay, cool. Trump talks more than anyone I've ever heard. And mm-hmm. from uh, Thessalonians three ten. 
Nice to change it up from Proverbs. We have, if anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. <laughs> I just wrote in my notes, ah, Proverbs, the let them eat cake of biblical books. <laughs> totally. Oh, it's so grotesque. Yeah. And then, but did we yeah. skip, did we run past that? Yes, a, yes, we skip the part I know you want to talk about. <laughs> an authority yes. yeah, do that it. they go to, to for a quote is Matt Bevan. And if you don't know who Matt <laughs> Bevan is, he is a Tea Party fuckwit that somehow tripped into the governorship of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Right? Wait, do they describe him as a manufacturer of big bells? Big because bells! that's the most perfect description I've ever it's heard like of anyone. He makes giant fucking bells and he's wondering why he's going out of business. Giant bells! He- <laughs> that's the stupidest like how Siri, how can I go out of business the fastest? <laughs> Siri, show me the worst business plan. Manufacturing like, big bells before lunch. <laughs> oh. I found this for you. Bell Siri, I have the IRS on my tail and would like to claim bankruptcy. Exactly. What's one of my options? <laughs> oh, oh it's time. so right. It's so right. And and it's so weird because right the whole point of this chapter is to say like he grew up in a log cabin he built with his own bare hands. But yeah. they can't provide any evidence of Donald Trump ever having actually worked a day in his life, right? He they has could a gold somewhere fucking toilet. If <laughs> If it had happened, you would imagine there would be video. There would be somebody willing to say on record, yeah, I've seen Donald Trump at a construction site mixing concrete and putting down bricks. But no, they can't find anyone because he hasn't fucking done that. You know when that would have been amazing to see is when he was running behind in the 2016 election. Right, if just that, a hard hat and a and a high vis vest. If he put on a hard hat and went out there and struck a line and started laying some bricks, even I would be like, "Shit, this guy is slightly one point five kind dimensional." Of more of the real deal than I thought. Yeah, but yeah. and also, again, trying to, you guys know what the term "borrowed valor" is or "stolen valor," right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's that thing where I learned that when I served in Iraq. <laughs> I, that's, I, that's why I have a Medal of Honor for being in Vietnam because I was born in 1968. But um, yeah, we get it. this whole this whole book is basically stolen valor f- from people either long dead or stories about Fred Trump that are probably totally fucking untrue. So there's this yeah anic- apocryphal at least. Yeah, at, at I will I will say I will say I do want to see Baby Mark doing the fucking deer hunter Russian roulette scene. <laughs> Didi Mao, I was so there. <laughs> Mao, Mao, wah, wah. The east side of Salt Lake City was just like Da Nang, dude. You have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Mosquitoes everywhere. But there's this, there's this fucking story where it's like Fred would load the this, the horse wagon with lumber. First of all, how old is Fred Trump that there were horse wagons? He's not fucking Martin yeah. Luther. And then he'd load the thing with lumber and if then the horses would pull it up the hill and if the hill was too muddy for the horses fred would pull it up himself oh, yeah. <laughs> fred would put the horse on his shoulders and carry the horse up the hill oh. with fully loaded oh, oh. oh. but no you know what himself. shortly after that there is a passage in this chapter that annoyed me more than anything else possibly could which is there are dozens of stories about fred's frugality 
He would pick up nails off the ground at a job site and give them back to the workers the next day, both to save the pennies and to set an example to the carpenters. And let me tell you, the boss that goes around picking up fucking nails off the ground and handing them back to you is the biggest fucking asshole you will ever work for in your life. I have worked as a fucking carpenter. I have worked as a mechanic. I have done manual fucking labor. That kind of boss you want to stab in the throat. Oh, I would beat off in his thermos every day. He would have no idea. That, picking up a nail you dropped on your 12-hour-a-day going up and down ladders mm-hmm. job, pounding nails. Yeah. Oh, sorry, dude. Be, yeah. to, let, let us both take the time to recover that one-third of a penny that we just lost. Oh, God. So the next, the next little bit my, we get my to... My favorite bit of this chapter, actually, is them like shitting on evangelicals for not knowing the Bible well enough. <laughs> that's the next bit that's good. So, like... We believe, quote, we believe in the merit system and earning pay for doing what the boss says. Besides, doesn't the Bible say that God helps those who helps themselves? Actually, it doesn't. Those 75% of all Americans and even 68% of self-identifying born-again Christians think that concept comes from the Bible. Why did he put that in the book? Yeah. Yeah. Why did he put that in the book? Listen, sometimes we can be dumbasses who don't know what we're talking about, but we just wrote a whole book that you should definitely read and take seriously. Uh, and then, well, and so this whole section is, is talking about Martin Luther and how he, according to them, came to realize the truth of the Bible, which is that it doesn't matter if you do good things. It only matters if you do good things for Jesus. I'd also like Jesus. to point out that solo bootstrap sis is not a thing that I made up, but actually something <laughs> they've put in the book yes. at yes. a serious point. Yes. Which actually um, I love. I'm I sure kind of love that. there was a word for bootstrap in Latin as well. They just couldn't be bothered to, <laughs> to, to do it correctly. Well, there was only two authors. Who's got time? One's got to, you know... There's no time for this kind of thing. Sorry. Can I just jump back for a second? I think I, I, we passed something that I found amazing is, okay, ostensibly it's a biography about Donald Trump. Therefore, we must talk about all of his progenitors who may or may not have gone to church. There's literally no proof of any of it. But <laughs> there is... And everyone had to go to church back in the day. Otherwise, they were burned at the fucking stake. Well, yeah. if, you were, if you were in, you know, a poor person in Germany or Scotland back in the day, it was probably a heated room. So sure go to church once a week <laughs> and thought and you out. got crackers you got crackers so you didn't starve little wine little cracker but then uh, there's this there's this like pearl of wisdom from a quote from fred trump did you guys catch this where it's like you have to like what you do liking what you do makes your work seem easier and i'm like jesus that's the best they've got there's like no material <laughs> right these people never said or did anything of merit they're just common incurious mediocrities also this brings me this brings me back to a phrase sorry that really annoys me it's that like find something you love to do and you never work a day in your life another way of looking at that is find something you love to do and then you're kind of just working all the time and never get any breaks (laughs) right well but but so the the, what you're talking about mark it's like this stupid boilerplate you know just just bare naked stupid phrase The reason it's so bad is because this is a family that between all of them combined has a vocabulary of about a thousand words. Yeah, they're 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 just common. You know, maybe they're the best words. Yeah. (laughs) And okay, they Fred made a lot of money. Donald has yet to lose it all. Well, we don't know exactly because we haven't seen the tax returns, but they are unexceptional. Right. They are. Mm -hmm. They're common people who got kind of lucky. And that's really about it. So. This trying to stitch together some kind of narrative 
where you have to use their words once in a while. Pity these authors. Like, fuck these guys, but pity them for a <laughs> yeah. moment. I mean, I it, it's a serious grift that these guys have got going on. It's, it's you know, it's almost impressive. Yeah. yeah. Well, just one last thing I wanted to pick out of this before we move on a little bit was when uh, talking about Martin Luther and his time in the monastery, uh, they say Luther would sleep on cold stone floors and flagellate himself. Uh, which is a perfect, I think, analogy for what we've experienced going to top universities. I think that's just about what it was probably like for uh, Benedict as well as myself. Also, um, just reading this book. <laughs> and look, yeah, let's well, not get judgy. Uh, if you want to self-flagellate, yeah. that's cool, man. If you that's you do also, you. Also, yeah. I, the, the, the monks I'm not going to king shame Luther Martin to Luther to shut the fuck up and stop confessing because he confessed to every <laughs> stupid little thing. They'd be like, "Come back when you've done something bad." Yeah, yeah, yeah but they're right that to. To describe this part, they write up, it's, they call it the profound backstory of Martin Luther, but it's a story that is so short of profundity, right? Luther decided to become a monk rather than pursue a worthwhile career, and daddy was mad at him, so he became a zealot. That's the profound story. Well, and then, exactly, and then there's, it, that follows on with this other absurd equation, more of the same absurd equation, which is basically that Fred Trump was frugal, Martin Luther was frugal. Therefore, uh-huh. <laughs> these men are in all ways the same. And by the transitive property, so is super Christian Donald J. Trump. Like, how does it fucking clock? Like, I, it, I, okay, I can do it too. Chuck Norris wears pants. I wear pants. We are therefore the same in every way. That's exactly <laughs> whoa, 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 the structure Mark, of this Mark. book. It's also, it's also Chuck Bill, Norris? Bill Mitchell's God loves America. Yes! Trump loves America. Therefore, God loves Trump. Math. Oh, God. Yep, math. Math God makes sense. Damn. I'm sorry, there Benedict. Shout Maths. out to patron. Math makes sense. <laughs> math. That's right. Yeah, sorry about that. I want to make you uh, so we get Maths. Yeah. We, we get back into uh, the final two anecdotes they give us in the end of this chapter about Donald and Fred, which I have to say... There was no fucking point to these anecdotes. No. Did you? Either, did either of you figure out why they included these two? Well, because Martin Luther nearly died in a in a thunderstorm, and Donald was like, "Maybe I'll die one day," and that was that really affected his outlook on life. Right. Martin Luther okay. didn't know how the sky worked, so he thought he was going to die. And Donald <laughs> Trump f- randomly, you know, why Donald Trump probably said he was going to be dead at forty is because he has syphilis. Right. <laughs> That's well, the, but the uh, first. That's the comparison. My, my junk feels like it's about to fall <laughs> off. Maybe I'll die. The first story they give us is about a guy named Ned Eichler who worked with Trump and Fred. And they admit in the chapter, they say, Eichler said he never at any time liked Donald Trump personally. Never. And, right. and he That's... said about Donald, you didn't talk about any of the ordinary things like movies or books. With Donald, there was no small talk. And the reason there's no small talk with Donald Trump is he's too vapid for small talk. But they He's take that as a, a sign book. of some sort of work ethic or something. He's never read a book. And the movies he likes no. to watch are 20 minutes long. So what's he going to talk yeah. about? <laughs> but, okay, first, can I just go back a second? Ned Eichler definitely is not the name of somebody that was brought to America under Operation Paperclip. We know that <laughs> clearly is the case. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think that those those last two stories have nothing to do with anything. But... It's because there literally is no material to work with. There is, there is no great moment where Fred or Donald did something laudable or charitable or said something fantastic. You know, he quoted Shakespeare once. Let's be fair. Come on. Okay, but but here's my that's problem. A lie. The second story, 
The second story is not even a story. The second story is one time somebody saw Donald Trump talking to David Dinkins about a development that Trump called one of the greatest developments anywhere. That is literally a story. I'm not glossing over (laughs) it. That is the fucking story. Yeah. That's it. That's that's at least at least Martin Luther did a thing. At least Martin Luther was a unlike Donald Trump could use a hammer and a nail once, right? (laughs) (laughs) So at least he was able to do a fucking thing. But yeah, this, Uh, this, this tortured, belabored callback to Martin Luther at the end of this, Martin Luther, look, we all think we're going to die at some point in our lives. Martin Luther was afraid of the sky. Donald Trump thought his balls were going to fall off the same. (laughs) (laughs) Completely Uh, the same. All right. Chapter three. Chapter three, which is called. Oh, God. Chapter three. And this one, this pissed me off. This pissed me off more than anything else because the chapter is titled Mother Mary Comes to Queens. They're ripping off a Beatles quote. Yeah, they're ripping (laughs) off the Beatles. And the first sentence of this chapter, they're they're talking about the song Who Wants to Live Forever, which was part of the soundtrack for The Highlander. And no, you two, you evangelical anti-LGBTQ plus hacks, don't get to rip off the fucking Beatles and Freddie fucking Mercury in the same goddamn three three fucking spaces from each other go fuck yourself i hate this book i hate this book so much <laughs> what's your uh, what's your alternative chapter title kevin it was uh scotland that's the one with the funny accents right <laughs> mine mine because this was such a this is the most filler book report imaginable of three <laughs> chapters i called this scotland land of contrasts yeah, yeah. This, this, this is you're so I, uh, right about the book report thing because this this I, chapter is basically somebody going. Uh, some people in Scotland say one thing, and some people say another thing. It's not and a long it's time one ago, guy with a Facebook group. Yes. Says another thing. <laughs> and a long time ago, a there was some people who had a name that was similar to another name. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> anyway, my my alternative chapter title was Chapter Three: Victim Blaming Scotland for Billy Graham's Assault on It. <laughs> <laughs> but i totally i i totally agree with you kevin it's like okay you get freddie fucking mercury's name out your mouth yeah and, yeah that's and, our fucking word that's our fucking word yeah you shut don't your mouth you fucking touch that <laughs> but uh, it, it's it's amazing that they, they only brought up freddie mercury in the service of this weird fucking conflation with the Highlander. So I want to talk about this. Of declaring second. Trump the Highlander. They basically <laughs> right. declare Trump the Highlander. That means we got to cut his head off, I guess. Fuck, this is like... Yes! Not my words there. Somebody so. get me a Kathy, fucking sword. Kathy Griffin Somebody already tried his... that. It did not go well. It did so not here, go well. Here I don't is... want my career ended <laughs> before it has begun over some bullshit. So. Here is where the train wreck of this chapter begins. Trump's mother's name was McLeod. Christopher mm-hmm. Lambert played Connor McLeod, not a real person, yes. in the, in the 19, 1986 <laughs> fantasy action classic, The Highlander. Now, this fucking author is borrowing the greatness of fictional people to try to stitch together a fig leaf for our blathering fucking emperor. It's just... I'm surprised yeah. they didn't all... Then, all... It, 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 the best bit, and it, it, goes, it goes on... And in real life, Donald Trump's mother came from a part of Scotland even more rustic than the Highlands. And her, na- her maiden name was 
italics Marianne McLeod Ooh, essentially <laughs> like I'm surprised they didn't actually write in here fucking well you know Sean Connery was also in the Highlander and he's Scottish but he played a Spaniard so Donald Trump is almost like a Spaniard he played a Spaniard that was from Egypt because that every, yeah <laughs> look every movie yeah, made during yeah, that period had one word backing it and that was cocaine so that explains why that movie <laughs> That's right was a mess, but a lovable mess. But Donald Trump is not related to Conrad. I, I also just love like the the Scots splaining they do here. Yeah. In this next chapter, it's like, like there's a patriarch named Loud because Mac means son of. For those of you in the back that did not know, and then also we have. McLeod was an incredible soldier and fought the English at the Battle of Bannockburn. You know the one from Braveheart. In case you didn't yeah. know about Scottish yeah. history and rely on inaccurate cultural things to, to shape your view of history instead of actual history. If he had taken a detour through Saving Private Ryan there, I would have stood up and applauded. Like, yes, Salute all it. the stirring Salute war him. movies. <laughs> well, we get another note here about uh, how everyone who is not Christian has no work ethic, right? Because he says... Even with their Christian fortitude and work ethic propelling them, the economic realities on the island gave a little hope for a sustainable life. So, of course, yeah. you know, we all know the Jews have no work ethic, the Muslims, the Buddhists. Nobody has work ethic. ethic I don't think there were many Muslims in Scotland at the time, to be yeah. fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, They're overrunning the island now, and that's why we need to free Tommy, because he's out there telling the truth. But did you guys, yeah. did you guys catch that... The, the rest of the pedigree of the original McLeod, which was that he, obviously, because we know this, is mm-hmm. descended from some Norwegian dude who was a Viking. And so, <laughs> they, again, this inference that Donald Trump uh, is somehow a fucking berserker, right? So, yeah. It, if character well. traits could be passed from distant ancestors, then this proves the Vikings were what? Corpulent, aggrieved whiners that watch TV all day and bitched about their coverage. <laughs> yeah, like a vastly bunch of fucking overrated. Yeah. Vastly overrated and over over mythologized. I think that's what we know the Vikings oh. were. It's just people who sat on their asses and griped. So the rest of this chapter, they're going to talk about Scotland and the religious predilections of the people in Scotland as a apparently trying to prove that this has filtered down in some way to Donald Trump, although they give no evidence whatsoever, again, no. of anyone in Donald Trump's family. I think maybe they give a, a one example of someone who said they saw Donald Trump's mother go to church a few times at the end of this chapter. But other than that... They're just talking about the religion of Scotland as though we can draw a straight line from that to Donald Trump. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a weird detour through John Knox and, yeah. like, and, and Tyndale. And, and it's very weird. And, and it's like, it's like Mary Queen of Scots was very scared of John Knox. Like, okay. But like, I mean, other than the, it was about the same time as Henry VIII and he also maybe had syphilis. Like, I don't see how that, that links back to the book. Mary, Mary but, Queen of Scots had a lot of things to be afraid of. And I don't mm-hmm. think some random Protestant was necessarily one yeah. of them. But. Well, one of, was, one of them was... was, was, she, uh, it, was she, hold on. One of them was... she was, the horse fucker? Uh, no, that was Catherine the Great. Okay, no, Catherine no, Mary the Great Queen of Scots That's right. said, I fear the prayers of John Knox more than all the assembled armies of Europe. She probably should have feared her cousin Elizabeth <laughs> I more because she was the one that cut her head off. And took her, her uh, took her beautiful necklace. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. So we get 
right here. This is we've talked a lot about this already because I think we all three agree this was the best part of these first three chapters. Right, this uh, one paragraph. <laughs> how, talking how, about I mean, how can you pick? How can you pick a best? I how know it's so hard. Pick a best. Yeah, it's like it's asking so me to hard. choose my favorite child. Come on. I know, but we get <laughs> this paragraph. <laughs> we get this paragraph talking about a guy named <laughs> Derek McKenzie a resident of the Isle of Lewis, who set up a pro-Trump Facebook page in 2016. This one fucker. Yeah, one one fucker. One fucker. And I should point out, Donald Trump in Scotland. Scotland has a lower approval rating of Donald Trump than all of the rest of the UK. They fucking hate Donald Trump. Okay, They They had the best protests. They (laughs) hate him so much that the guy who refused refused to sell his farm to Trump's golf garbage hellscape... (laughs) That Trump attacked and vilified as a slob and a pig for like over a year or mm-hmm. two years, whatever. Mm-hmm. Won the Scott of the Year award. He's a national. <laughs> hero. Right. We're good at that. We're good we, as the UK is good at recognizing people like that. In, uh, in but well done, this Scott. Our unofficial award. This yeah, Scott named Derek McKenzie. He described, "quote There is an expression you hear, Lewis straight talking. It's a kind of honesty." That kind of not being concerned with what people think, they will give you to they will give it to you between your eyes. And then they they counter that, sounds, which sounds they like counter that. Thing. And I had to look in the back of the book of this because they are quoting a fucking Reddit comment. Oh, yes. I, they're quoting a fucking Reddit comment where somebody else, another apparent Scott, although how could we know it's fucking Reddit, said as for Lewis straight talking, there's no such thing except for the fact that there are a few loudmouth idiots in every village. And even though that's a fucking Reddit comment, I have to say that sounds far more like the truth than what the fucking Derek McKenzie yeah, guy that, said. That, yep, yeah, that's right. How many how many hours do you think these authors spent combing the internet <laughs> to find one Scott who had <laughs> yeah, something Reddit good to R say the Donald. about Got this okay. abortion that somehow drifted from their shores to the United States. Like I, it must, that was probably the longest research project on this book. Oh, I know. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so we move on in this chapter a little bit. And they are talking about, again, the Scottish typical beliefs at the time of Donald's ancestors being there. And they talk about Marianne McLeod, uh, his, uh, was it great-grandmother or grandmother? I don't remember which she was. I think she was his grandmother. Yeah, who um, cares? Yeah. When she yeah. lived in Scotland, uh, the, the a prominent idea of the time was called Sabbatarianism, which is that yes. Sunday is to be set aside for worship and nothing else was to be done during the time. And so from yeah. this and the fact that today nearly all shops and gas stations are closed on Sunday, which, uh, if you don't know this, a lot of places close on weekends. That's a, that <laughs> happens to be a thing. Uh, from that, well, I mean, we to get... To be fair, that is genuinely a religious holdover from a while. I mean, oh, that, yeah, yeah. That's something the UK had for quite a while. I mean, that's, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's still blue laws in the United States in a number of places. That's what they're called. Yep. They're called blue yeah. laws. Yeah. Shout out. Um, shout out from Utah. Let me tell you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but Which is why I'm thing. glad. I'm Go sorry. Ahead. Here's the thing about this fucking concept. So if like this book, if my dad read the Bible and I did not, then I have not read the Bible. If my dad got circumcised and I did not, then I am not circumcised. <laughs> it still holds when you multiply it over several generations my yeah. great-grandparents practiced sabbatarianism in bonnie scotland three generations <laughs> later 
I have never even heard of this thing. Therefore, I am unaffected by Sabbatarianism. For fuck's sake, this book is making me crazy. <laughs> well, we look looking forward a little bit. There's a there's a they say next they're talking about what again they just keep going on about what was typical in Scottish churches at the time, and they say we will revisit this topic in chapter four when we look at Donald's catechismal training at his Presbyterian church in Jamaica, Queens. I looked forward to chapter four. I looked through it because mm-hmm. I wanted to see what they had to say, and they literally never talk about whether or not Donald Trump went to Sunday school, ever went to church. They just talk about what that church taught, had, what the preachers who worked at that church said. So they provide, again, no proof of any religiosity in the Trump family. They just want us to infer it, which I you guess know, is good it, enough for the people they expect to sell this book to. It gives me yeah. no comfort or happiness to have to realize that Donald J. Trump might be the first atheist president. I, I know. Yeah. I know. I'm not happy it's, it's about rough. this as a reality, but at least I know how to pander to Christians. He has the religious <laughs> instincts of a doorknob. <laughs> right. And that's the thing, right? At least most atheists, like ourselves, at least know some of the Bible, right? And we know some of the religious language, how they talk, what they say. And we could, we could, you know, sneak into a religious convention and seem like we belong there pretty easily, I think. I think we no, could do we that. No, we know too much. <laughs> right but but you could as a if you were if you were behind enemy lines you could pass right yeah, you could yeah, yeah. Exactly. you could talk the talk you could talk about the sermon on the mount you could talk about the golden rule you could fucking fake your way through it and he like his best effort to date is two corinthians it's the whole ball game boom <laughs> that's it well that's the extent I know. of his pandering that's all he can do. That's all he can do. Even when they write it for him in a speech written on a teleprompter, he can't do it right. I don't know. Uh, so moving on in can this we, chapter. Can we get back to the fact that, sorry, that, so they talk about like how humbly, how not humble he is and how that doesn't fit in with the Presbyterians. And then yes. we get a quote from the same fucking guy being like, <laughs> the fellow who started the Facebook page is the one person we could find that differed in this assessment. <laughs> telling the Irish Times that Trump's quote, supports the Bible. The reason our world is in moral and economic ruin today is because we in the West have over time thrown the Bible away. This is fatal. Uh, you, you know, as as a, a living human would say, fatal, you know, that's the thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. And yeah. All, prior to that, they quote like three different people from the Isle of Lewis who are like, yeah, he's a <laughs> shitty Christian. He's probably not a Christian like, at all. Fuck this he, dude, yeah. He fucks people over. He's unkind. And I'm like, again, why is this in your book? <laughs> Listen, solo bootstraps this. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a thing. Solo Cristo. Solo Sorry, I don't Gloria, speak whatever. I don't speak Mexican, yeah. speak English. <laughs> <laughs> the also the weirdest pair of sentences that I've seen so far is in in the start of the next paragraph, which is fourth, Scottish Presbyterians directly influenced the colonies in the build up to the Revolutionary War, American Revolutionary War. In nineteen fifty five, Billy Graham came and preached for six weeks in what was called the All Scotland Crusade. Like, what do those two sentences have to do with each it other? It was madness. That's really it was weird. madness. Yeah, that's so like, weird. <laughs> I totally well, they're trying to somebody... draw. They're trying to draw a comparison between Billy Graham and that other person. That's what they're trying well, to do. Okay. Great. Yeah, but not. I mean, there's the, the, the okay, but there is a better way to do. I that. know, but they don't know how to do this because these people work for the Christian Broadcasting Network and have no fucking That's journalistic it. standards That's your problem. and didn't probably okay. learn how to write properly. <laughs> All right. And oh. then there's this weird thing where they talk about a Hessian German mercenary. 
that yeah. wrote in at something in his diary. And it's like a German mercenary noticed many Scottish and Irish people fighting in the Revolutionary War and wrote it down, proving yeah. that Donald Trump is a man of God. <laughs> Check and mate Libtard, shut the fuck up. Like, why? What does it mean? Why is it even in there? Well, he also tries to try, tie they James Madison. They had a workout to fail, Mark. That's he also tries to tie James Madison to this religion, you know, their religious beliefs that they want to have, you know, and try and say somehow that James Madison was more influenced by, I guess, these Scotch Irish Presbyterian beliefs than the dozens of philosophers he read about the formation of government before he started writing the fucking Constitution. Right. And the Scots Irish yeah. people that were coming over to fight in the Revolutionary War were, for lack of a better word, serfs, right? These were like. Mm -hmm incredibly poor um, uh, agrarian people with, you know, no skill beyond the farm generally. Yes, absolutely. They affected James Madison, yeah. who was hanging out with yeah. those guys for sure. Yeah, you know who else did? The French Enlightenment atheists. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is true. This is true. He definitely read Descartes. Um, yeah. No, yeah. Well, this Voltaire, just got really, this got really queer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, moving on sorry. a little bit, we next get into a section where they're trying to talk. They move us forward in time a little bit. And they're talking about the emergence of politically engaged evangelicals in the 1970s, 1980s and things like that. Because uh, that was a the, good time. Uh, that was a good oh, such time. a great time. But yeah. the only thing that stuck out to me here, which is fantastic, because I took the time to look this up. And he talks about a film series called, called How Should We <laughs> Then Live? from 1977 i looked it up they're all on youtube it is the best worst thing i've ever seen the guy presenting this uh schaefer guy francis schaefer looks yeah. like george carlin fucked colonel sanders that's who this guy looks like it is so amazing we have say to that? watch what do you say that? like it's a bad thing I, I would like to watch that i'd like to see that the joy of the expression of that sexual love <laughs> but he's he's now like i said he's trying to tie all this together and bring it forward into the future and this is where he gets into the christian persecution narrative ah and, yes 20 yes. pages in yep have to bring it up have to bring it up he says it is impossible to read we are not to be subject to the man who commands that which is contrary to the bible Without thinking of news stories from the past four years, Obama's past four years they're talking about, that evangelicals followed closely. Little Sisters of the Poor and the Health and Human Services Mandate, Florist Baronel Stutzman, Kentucky County Clerk Kim Davis, that hero Kim Davis, Sweet Cakes yeah. by Melissa, Hobby Lobby, High School Coach Joe uh, Kennedy's termination for on-field uh, prayers. Hobby, Hobby, Hobby Lobby, the ISIS funders. You mean. <laughs> yes. That's right. <laughs> The, yeah. antiqui the Antiquity Thieves and ISIS Funders. Exactly right. Yes. <laughs> yes. So they're, in the, right, they're trying to bring up the Christian persecution narrative and say that, you know, now they're portraying Donald Trump as the hero, not the hero we want, but the hero we need. He's right? Batman. He's Christian He's Batman. Batman. He is Batman. Donald Trump is Batman. Holy shit. I did not realize Donald Trump is Batman until we read this book. Uh, my childhood is destroyed. I'm going to go hang myself in the closet. Bye, guys. But I love I love the inference that, you know, these eight years with Obama, these eight years. And it's like, OK, guys, <laughs> Barack Obama was a professed Christian. He took his family mm. to church frequently, never cheated mm. on his wife that we know of, quoted the Bible mm. comfortably, too comfortably for my, my taste. He sang yeah. Amazing yeah. Fucking Grace unaccompanied. But according to these yeah. people, he is not a Christian. 
And Donald but he Trump, danced to N words in Paris at the at the fucking concert the other day with Jay Z and Beyonce. Yeah, Jake Tapper was very mad about that. Yeah, weird. yeah. Well, I thought he was supposed oh. to go the fuck away and knit. I, I I'm really confused about <laughs> what Democrats are supposed to do after. Yeah. Like, it's really really That's crazy. Fair. But again, yeah. it's, so move- it's Donald Trump is a Donald Trump has no Christian impulses, yet is a Christian savior. Barack Obama is a secret Muslim, fuck him, black, black, black. Absolutely. No, that's that's what it is. But I just want to say uh, there's there's a few pages left in this chapter. Uh, and continuing with this persecution narrative, they say that American evangelical politics continues to be shaped by Scottish Presbyterians like Knox and Rutherford. When yet another high school valedictorian gets a written warning against mentioning God or quoting scripture, evangelicals sense that there really is something at stake for our nation in this season. And I gotta say, don't worry, guys. You don't get that many valedictorians. You don't have to worry that much. <laughs> yeah, and as, can I just say, as a gay guy who um, pays attention to how often uh, gay gay men and women and, and trans people get lynched, just looking around for a violin that I can actually visibly see <laughs> yeah. to play for this. <laughs> I have a tiny one here for you, right here. But did you? Oh God! Did you catch the? The uh, towards the end of this chapter, when they quote Donald Trump, when he actually went to Scotland to probably bulldoze <laughs> yes, his mother's house, and, yeah, to bulldoze his mom's yeah. house and make a, a, a golf course. So, here is a quote, and this is the f- I think this is the longest quote. There was the ones in the first chapter, I think this is the longest quote so far from Trump when he was confronted by the press outside of his mother's house in Lewis the Outer Hebrides, and I quote, it's interesting when your mother, who was such a terrific woman, comes from a specific location, you tend to like that location. That is a quote. Everybody's mother comes from a specific location. You fucking dumbass. My mom's from San Diego. I happen to like San Diego. Hello, hello. It's tremendous. I love love people of I love the people of Argentina. Uh, so yeah, we get to the end of this chapter. And the end of this chapter, Thank he's God. talking about Billy Graham's crusades to uh, Scotland in 1955. And he says that Donald Trump's uh, grandmother, Mary Ann, or was it his mother? I don't, I don't remember at this point. Um, I don't know if anybody certainly knows. Certainly. His he, mother's called Mary Ann. His sister's called Mary Ann. His I grandma's called Who the fuck knows? But they say she certainly would have watched or listened with interest to those Billy Graham crusades that came to her homeland in 1955. Why? Why would she have watched? There was plenty of shit that happened in 1955 that I'm sure everybody didn't fucking watch because they didn't care. Right? You could have watched yeah, we plenty of TV games. She probably watched a fucking TV time. game show instead of that shit. Yeah. Look, I've, I have been to the Outer Hebrides and, you know, I am, I am the son of a Scottish immigrant. I've been to the Outer Hebrides in probably the early 90s. I'm not sure they had TV then. So I'm not sure they had TV <laughs> in 1955, point. right? Yeah. That is a yeah. fair point. Absolutely. So I also only... like the fact that he just blames the Scots. He's like, yeah. uh, a few years after Billy Graham's te- preaching, the church attendance in Scotland was still higher than it had been in the years leading up to Graham's preaching. Unfortunately, the winds of modernity and a post-war focus <laughs> on the material world led Scots to live, leave the cre- Christian faith in unprecedented numbers. Did he just blame Madonna for, for <laughs> <laughs> leading Scots away from the Christian faith? Uh, Madonna yeah, can think, lead me anywhere. 
I think that's just... the wrong Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> I think Scottish people, rural Scottish people, wanting food and education and healthcare probably made the churches slightly less significant. But that's just mm-hmm. yeah. that's just a guess. Yeah, oh, yeah. and oh, you yeah. know, central heating. There's only, <laughs> There's only one more thing I want to point out in this chapter, and that is uh, they do a block quote from one of Billy Graham's uh, sermons when he was on that crusade to Scotland. And it says, You who are listening throughout many parts of the British Empire and other parts of the world of all races, let's join hands at the throne of grace. And that is a circle jerk euphemism if I've ever heard one. <laughs> Joining hands at the throne of grace? Absolutely. Billy Hold Graham on, had an interesting fet life it, profile. Say it one more time. Say it one more time. But like in Let's a really, hands. really like high voice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Good. That's for after we get And that was the best. That's for after we That was the best call. use of a Billy Graham quote ever. <laughs> Anyways, uh, is there anything else you guys saw in this chapter? No, I'm good. I, I, just, I am very good. We've talked for an hour about this fucking book. So, so what have we learned from these chapters so far, these three chapters? Nothing. Nothing uh, I didn't know. Nothing. I, I have learned... No? I have learned that the it is critical if you are writing a positive screed about Donald Trump to never reference him. I guess that's it. And that mm-hmm. and that there's virtue in being white. Yes. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, but we knew that already, right? Of yeah, course. Uh, oh, come on. We're, we're three white guys here. We all know. It's great to be white. Everyone, if you uh, haven't tried being white, give it a try sometime. I'm telling you, it is the best, the best thing. Yeah, do the Eddie Murphy thing. Go in white face on, <laughs> in, 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 on the bus and see what happens. You're going to like it. Uh, anyways, like that is it for the uh, first three chapters of this horrific book. Uh, I hope everyone enjoyed listening. Mark, thanks for coming on the show to do this with you. Uh, we owe you, definitely, because we made oh, you yep. suffer through this whole thing. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> no, actually, this was a super good This was a super good time. It was just really hard to focus on this fucking drack as, as we were p- pouring through it in the days before. But uh, what a great time. Thanks, guys. Uh, good luck with the rest thanks. of it. You're going to need it. Thanks. Thank we will Thank tell you. the people and where they can find your shit, Mark. Come on. All right, you can find my shit and me and Uncle Dan's shit on uh, uh, How to Heretic. We're on all the Pod Blasters. Just Google that; you'll find us. We're like the A Team. If you need us, we're there. Um, <laughs> and try to pay us a lot of money. But guys, what what a what a sad and wonderful fun time this has been. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show. Anyways, that is it. Podcast is a production of Kevin and Benedict Productions. Copyright 2020, all rights reserved. Music for this podcast is by Silverman Sound Studios. Find out more at silvermansound.com.